0: Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest episode of the Weekend Wrestle podcast. It is episode 217. I'm your host, Nate Maxson, and I am, of course, joined by my brother, Aaron. Mr. Mark Brew. What? And no senior Archie Mitchell this week. He is having some gabagool at a gala right now. So no Archie <laughs> this week, but we'll be having fun. Um. But he will be back next week to join us as we continue our rolling through the PWI 500 from the year 1994. This is really fun. I've had – this is like I, – I always – you know, there's just certain things I love doing, and this is one of them. Um, the Hall of Fame, this deal. These are kind of my favorite things. Um,
1: and, and the Hall of Shame.
0: And the Hall of Shame, yes. But that's the Hall Aaron of
1: Shame.
0: really shy Yes, I was going to say, that's more, Aaron, more Aaron's wheelhouse than mine. Yeah.
2: <laughs> And then, um, also, on my uh, I consider this one of my jobs just because we show up and we do the work. But the job I get paid for, I start vacation on Friday, so I'm gonna have a lot of downtime. So guess what? I'm gonna start working on. Oh, more trivia! Trivia too. Yep. <laughs> oh snap! The plan.
0: Trivia. Not going. Trivia with a vengeance. But... Yeah.
2: Yeah, Yes, I'm not going anywhere, so I'm going to be at the house. I'm like, all right, I'm going to work on my trivia shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are going to continue again, like I said, with the PWI 500 from 1994. Last week we left off 385 was Brad Riggins. We had a discussion about him. So this week we will roll into number 384. It is Mike Golden, 6'2", 251 pounds, 8 years pro. Veteran gap- Grappler is the current NGWA TV champ, always accompanied to the ring by valet Lady Fantasy, involved in Georgia's hottest independent feud with T.A. Golden. Mike Golden.
2: Yeah, I'm sure it's the hottest, dude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Now to, to, to now. J- just to be just to be fair, they did only say it was Georgia's hottest independent Georgia's hottest independent feud. So maybe maybe in Georgia and in the independent scene in 1994.
2: possibly.
1: Awesome, <laughs> I mean, if you've seen some of the independent wrestlers around here, it doesn't take much to be hotter than that. <laughs>
0: Number 383 is Lou Perez, six foot, 223, eight years pro, brother of Al Perez, technically outstanding, former Pro Wrestling Federation, light heavyweight champion, stars on independent circuit in the south, especially Florida. Lou Perez. Um eh, eh, I don't know. I, don't I think about I, I don't really either. I, I know that I know that I I remember seeing him in magazines. I remember seeing Lou Perez, brother of Al Perez. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't even know if Lou Perez and Al Perez are actually brothers.
1: So,
2: <laughs> all right, la la. Well, I mean, I I think they I I think they probably are. Because like, if you were gonna pick a guy to be somebody's brother, like I'm gonna make the, my myself this guy's brother. Why would you choose Al Perez unless That's it was chosen right. for you?
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, like
0: I understand Ricky Santana or Vic Steamboat.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. It's like I'm going to pick a guy, I'm going to pick a guy that never I I, I want to get in the business and I want to attach myself to somebody. So I'm going to pick a guy that never made his full potential and a lot of people don't like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: definitely not
2: a al lot resource al perez the guy that was like we're gonna make you the black scorpion and we're gonna put you in a feud with the biggest star in the in our company and eventually you're gonna have to take the mask off yeah i'm gonna get the belt right He's like no you're gonna lose oh, i'm not gonna do that then fucking idiot. Like, nobody <laughs> knows who you are you fucking idiot <laughs> that it the. that the big, the biggest
0: thing. Oh, this goes back to our chat from the other night. But the biggest thing I ever remember in my life about uh, Al Perez is Gary Hart. This is my, this is my Latin, my Latin Al Perez. Like, <laughs> not, I got if, my, if I, got that, my lat, I got my Latin Al Perez, and I got my big black Abdullah the Butcher.
2: Yeah, <laughs> if that dude would have been smart. He would have like if that. I'm not saying the Black Scorpion gimmick was great. You know what I mean.
3: Yeah,
2: but that gimmick, even losing, was all about you're gonna be a you're gonna be a bigger star once you take the mask off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you're gonna lose. We're gonna take the mask off. Then we can even extend that feud even longer. Like that was probably the plan. But anyway, we're not talking about Al. We're talking about
0: lose. Yeah, it's kind of like the equivalent of if. And I know I know he didn't reveal – the story is he didn't reveal the gimmick to him until he said yes, but it, it'd be like DiBiase going and and Vince saying, you know, I've got this gimmick for you. And DiBiase going, that's eh, not going to work for me. You know, like you just passed up on one of the best things. And I'm not saying whatever Al Perez would have done is one of the best things ever, but I'd see what you're saying. Like take the chance.
2: For him, his career would have been totally different. Like he probably would have got some traction out of it. He was a big, good-looking guy. He probably, maybe, even wanted to end up working for Vince. But yeah, just to be like, what? Nobody knows who I am, and I got to put the champion over. what is This is bullshit. <laughs> anyway.
1: I'll stay on the
2: undercard. I don't
1: right. care.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: and I'm gonna fade into obscurity. Um, <laughs> Number 381 is Carl Pope. That's Carl with a K. Six six foot two thirty, three years pro, often teams with younger brother Jim in Championship Wrestling USA. Smart, tough competitor, superlative moonsault, fundamentally sound, rising star in the Pacific Northwest region. There's a picture here of Carl Pope.
1: I don't reckon I don't know yet. I don't know him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you no, said I thought you meant that guy that rides around in that little car with the glass and
0: stuff. Is <laughs> yeah. mm. it, it, oh. it a pope? Is oh. it a pope?
1: <laughs> Kiss the ring, bitch.
0: Kiss the ring. <laughs> a favorite of pope. Fucking okay. Craig Ferguson. A favorite of pope. Um, number 380 is Johnny Paradise, one. What a wrestling name. Uh 6'1, 251, 6 years pro, formerly known as Chris Hawn, currently the Western Ohio wrestling heavyweight champion. Also competes in Michigan-based Midwest Territorial Wrestling, where he's guided by handsome Johnny Bradford, wrestling's only deaf manager.
2: <laughs> I remember the deaf manager. I remember him, but I don't remember any of the people that because he was in the he was in magazine. Like he was never like, I think he was in PWI once, but he was always in those magazines like uh wrestling world.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: you know, it wasn't ever the after mags, but it was always like the ones you could get it like
0: yeah, the off-brand book.
2: <laughs> yeah. Read more bookstore and shit like that. The the <laughs> I remember instead one of, of, instead, they- of
0: oh. instead of pro wrestling illustrated, it was illustrated pro wrestling.
2: Yeah. yeah. And they you find all kinds of just like fucked up edits and the like it'd be like a picture of triple h but it'd say it was the rock it's like what the hell (laughs) i remember one of those magazines they were covering the feud between uh henry godwin and triple h and the actual on the cover said hunter hearst Helmsley and henry o godwin roll around and take shit (laughs) just right on the front of the magazine like really
3: But, anyway. uh, I assume, numbers...
2: but yeah I, I i was just saying i remember the deaf manager and i'm assuming this guy has like he's like has every gimmick like a like a 1992 ddp
3: yeah
2: he's got the hat the vest the the, the boa, boa. The, the boa the stogie he's got all of it
0: comes out to rock of ages
2: or two <laughs> tickets to paradise <laughs> Like, he's yeah, right. that hacky. He's that hacky. Like, he's not even creative enough. <laughs> fucking hack. I don't know this guy, but he's a fucking hack. I like his manager, though. I like the idea of a deaf manager. How's he going to cheat and
1: call for
0: help?
2: He... Well, I'm just saying. No, he could keep cheating, and the referee could be like, You're ignoring my orders. And he's like, I, I can't hear you. I don't... I'm <laughs> sure he
0: did it, too. I'm sure he did it.
2: Yeah. Like the referee's like, "What are you deaf?" And everybody's like, "Boo!" Boo! Uh,
0: oh. <laughs> just I like I like the idea of just everybody just once like, "Boo!" Really is. Did you see? Did you yeah. guys? Uh, speaking of which, this is very very fast because we're not talking about. But I just while we're thinking about the fans doing something, Aaron, did you watch Elimination Chamber?
2: I have not yet.
0: Okay, uh, Mark, did you watch it?
1: Indeed, I did.
0: Aaron, this won't spoil anything, but Mark, do you remember during the tag title match at one point after they were doing the thing where they threw threw Dominic out, the referee threw him out, and the screen went black for like 30 seconds? Yeah. That was not a technical thing. Do you know why it happened? Why? Peacock did it because every single person, every single person that was in the camera shot was flipping Dominic off at once. (laughs) <laughs> so they blacked it out but I was, I was like that's heat pal anyway now why they black it know. out i don't understand why they edit like block that shit on wwe i can go watch a movie on peacock and all the swear words are in there but anyway it doesn't right. matter number 379 They treat
2: they treat wrestling different
0: yeah i know anyway 379 Max Thrasher, six foot two fifty six, seven years pro. This two-time former ACW champion is still as vicious as ever. Also a former AWF and MEWF title holder, feuded years ago with with another former bounty hunter, Bam Bam Bigelow. Max Thrasher, we saw Max Thrasher on the early days of ECW.
1: He said MEWF, it's moof, <laughs> moof.
3: <laughs>
2: Well, it's kind of like what Shane said about Hulk Hogan and XPW. I know we saw him in ECW a while ago. You suck then, and you and suck now, and you suck now.
0: <laughs> you know anything about Max Thrasher, Mark? Any memories or memories of Max Thrasher?
1: What the fuck <laughs> yeah, totally. He was my he was my favorite. He was my hero. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not right offhand. <laughs> The name sounds familiar, but when I hear Thrasher, I immediately think the (laughs) headbangers. Well,
0: the next two names are going to be names that are definitely going to get a thumbs up to. Number 378 is Louis Spicoli, 5'10, 248, five years pro. Build as Madonna's boyfriend, enters the ring to her song Vogue. Tough American wrestler who regularly competes on Mexican AAA cards, often teams with Diamond Dallas Page. Louis Spicoli, one of those guys that I don't know what his career would have been. I'm sure Luis Piccoli was never going to main event a WrestleMania, but Luis Piccoli could have had a, a mid-card role for many years in pro wrestling. He was he was really, really good. He just, man, his demons got him.
3: He,
0: he would have
2: never got back. He would have never got back to events, but he would have made, if he would have lived, I think he would have had a, a different career in WCW. But I just remember that he was, because um, he's buddies with, He's he was buddies with Chris and Tammy. Yeah. And um I heard one time that he was on the road with them even though he wasn't working for Vince because they were like in their area. And he was in the car with Tammy and Chris and Vince McMahon like like they were all on the same road or whatever and they passed Chris and Tammy and Vince told Louie was in the car with Chris and Tammy, and I guess looked at somebody in the car and was like, we didn't hire back that dirty drug head again, did we? Jesus. Like he hated, he hated, he
3: hated <laughs> when,
0: when it, when it gets, when it gets, when the story gets to Vince that and it's that strong, that also means, that also means, because you know a lot of things didn't make it to Vince. So that also means that there was probably other people like Pat and stuff in the locker, or the, uh, in the upper echelon that also didn't like Louie. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of stuff like that, especially for mid-card guys, those stories never re- reached Vince at that point.
2: But yeah, just well, everything I I've heard die. Vince just didn't like him.
1: Well, I mean, minus the druggie, that was being the drug head part, uh, that was the pot calling the fucking kettle black, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> did call somebody dirty and you're over here sitting yeah. on
0: people. I was gonna say, everything we know now... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, Piccoli Like I said, I—I I mean, I actually enjoyed—I enjoyed his triple A stuff. The Madonna's boyfriend thing was fun. He was for for being kind of like he wasn't—he wasn't fat, but for being kind of like a port. I don't portly. Is that what you'd call his frame? Is
1: he portly? Um, yeah, he was one step under manny.
2: Oof. No, I wouldn't go that. No, no. <laughs> I'm saying he's the level before me. No, he's like uh, right before he had to retire, Art Anderson. He's a
0: little, yeah, a little rotund. But anyway, he was he, yeah. he was a good bumper. He was he was uh, and and I like I said, I think he could have been an effective mid Carter for like you said, Aaron. Probably not the the Fed, but for WCW or even ECW for many years. And just you know, he passed away in 97. And but here in 94, he's still doing the triple A thing. Um, and that was probably my favorite Louis Spicoli stuff. Um 377. I know everybody he, here. Oh, go ahead.
1: He did some uh like jobbers, he did some jobs in WWE, didn't
0: he? Well, yeah, and he also wrestled with Rad, Radford.
1: Radford. Right. Yeah, but
0: yeah, right. he they did made job, him, uh, he did jobs in WWF in the, in the, yeah, in like 94, 95 too, before he even became Rad Radford.
2: Yeah. It was but like, that was the era like him and D'Lo and Rhino.
3: Yeah.
2: I know everybody,
0: everybody present here is a fan of number 377. Chick Donovan, popular oh, veteran. Oh yeah. Popular veteran in various Georgia independent federations. Also spent, spent a stint in world-class before moving to the peach state. Powerful, muscular competitor is fundamentally sound. I like Chick Donovan. I love he's got,
2: Chick got Donovan. big big Mike Michael Landon hair.
1: <laughs> he's got the best fucking hair and in the business. And you know, he's st- he still uh he still competes in the ring.
0: You know, Aaron and I got to meet him. It was Big Pimp, and we didn't even know he was gonna be there. That Motherfucker was dressed in
2: gold.
3: <laughs> Head to <toe>. <laughs>
2: Surrounded by like three black dudes dressed like pimps. And like we walked in and I looked at Nate and I was like, I think that's Chick Donovan. <laughs> and I was like, I know that's Chick Donovan. Like he just showed up. I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah Chick, Chick, Chick Donovan showed up
0: and was like, give me a table or my associates will take care of you.
1: He was the Don of the Indies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was very cool to meet him. And again, like I said, I mean, he's one of those guys that um he never got the big push, but he was always there. You know what I mean?
1: Right.
2: Like Rick Rogers. Well, hmm I put it
1: I put it like this. I got to uh you know, listen to him talk and stuff in person about, you know, in ring work and stuff. And dude's got dude's uh <laughs> Just a learning tree. I, I, yeah,
0: like, and I would assume so. I mean, he worked everywhere with everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, Portland, and damn,
0: all over. Portland, he world had class. That boat, though. Yeah, Portland, world what? class. Florida, Georgia. He worked in WCW. I think I don't know if he ever did. He ever do any jobs in WWF? I don't remember. Well, I'm
2: sure he. Probably, I'm sure he probably did.
0: But definitely Shit. everywhere, but. Right. And he probably did, and I probably just don't remember it, but.
1: We All break. right. I'll get my mic today on for that one. All right. Number
0: 376, Terry Embry, 5'9", 10 years pro. No, 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 no. He's not related to Eric. Champion, champion of Kentucky-based Southern Wrestling Alliance, known as Mr. Irresistible, intense rivalry with Dutch Mantell, as a new move, the irresistible bomb,
1: and chick actually did. I figured he probably he, uh, did oh, there's no way he didn't he uh he actually went against Bulldog on the wrestling challenge from march nineteen ninety five
0: all right um, I don't know anything about this Terry Embry dude. Awesome. 375 is a man named he's Festus. No Chick Donovan. Yeah, he's no Chick Donovan. 375 is a guy <laughs> named Festus, not the Festus that we remember, but not, uh, not, uh, what's his name? Uh, but anyway,
1: this is the Alabama version.
0: This, let's see, well, huh? close enough, North Georgia. Festus, 5'10, yeah. 220, 16 years pro, returns to ratings after a one year app, ab- returns to ratings after one year absence. Has held all North Georgia titles over a lengthy career. Absolutely no scientific skills, but fans love him anyway. Rarely on Federation telecasts. Assuming he's he's probably just you know they're they're the Georgia independent at the times hillbilly Jim kind of character. I assume. Yeah,
2: he's, he's a dumpy fuck. Probably works at the Jiffy Lube on his fucking uh, weekends, and <laughs> or
1: delivers milk so everybody knows him, so they show up.
2: But the kids love him. Yeah. But I guarantee he's dumpy. Speaking
1: I, I, I love Aaron's description. Yeah, he's some dumpy fuck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, hey, I mean, that's probably what he is. Uh,
1: at this point,
0: speaking of dumpy, 374 is Buddy Rose, six foot, 399 oh. pounds, 21 years pro. The Playboy remains popular in Pacific Northwest. Aside, despite added age and weight, was a favorite figure of was a favorite of figure skater Tanya Harding in her youth. What held the AWA tag team title <laughs> with Doug Summers in 1987. Buddy Rose. <laughs> they goes what? <laughs> <laughs> so I just don't understand why that's a factoid on this. But he, uh, Buddy Rose, man. Buddy Rose Portland, Buddy Rose AWA. I mean, by this time in ninety-four, I mean he's just gone, you know what I mean? But
1: yeah. Right.
0: In 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 this Portland days and then the AWA, what a fucking worker.
2: Yeah, really good promo and just and an example of if at least he can say that he got to the WWE, you know what I mean? And yeah didn't, he embraced that stupid fucking gimmick and probably made, <laughs> for that little period of time, probably made more money than he ever made in the wrestling business. Probably. Yeah. But doing the blow-away diet. I <laughs> 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 just love the fact that he blew away the fat and they showed the fat and they, before and the after. He looked exactly the same.
3: <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, so he's got that stupid grin on his face. <laughs> But, yeah, like I funny said, um, it is funny shit. And him and Doug Summers are an underrated tag team for in hit through history. I know that there are people like us that watch a lot of wrestling or watch a lot of the old stuff that will put them over. But I think when you look at – because we're getting to that point in time where – a lot of the people that are talking, a lot of the people that are writing articles for wrestling, whatever. and I don't look at a lot of wrestling sites or Facebook pages or anything because they're usually bullshit, but that is what people consume now. And a lot of the people that are writing and talking about, quote unquote, the history of wrestling at this point, have a perspective going back to what, probably about 1990. Right. And There are just things that are uh, there are things that in that conversation about wrestling history that are getting lost to time at this point. And I think Summers and Rose is one of those one of those things that as time goes on, they're going to be forgotten about.
2: And it's it's central. It's not entirely their fault either. Nate, it's kind of like until like you and I, like our age group got older it would be like when we'd hear guys tell us about the 70s and we we're like, I don't know anything about that shit. You know, right, right. No way, that was better than what we got now. And you and yeah.
0: the older the you get, the
2: more no, like who the hell is Baron <laughs> Mikel Sakluna? Who is that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, but now when you get older, that's when you start going back and looking at you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Number 373.
0: Another one of those generic wrestling names. The spider. 6'3, 241, 7 years pro, has long starred in WWA. Dangerous mass competitor excels at technical wrestling, but can brawl if the situation demands it. Was briefly in USWA with another spider part. You can guarantee you that. It. Go ahead.
2: Oh, sorry. I was just wondering this isn't this. Is this one of the headbangers?
0: Uh, well, okay, so here was what I was going to say about The Spider. It says seven years pro here. But how much do you want to bet there's been more than one guy that's played The Spider? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah.
0: So I don't know who the hell it would be at this point in, 94. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, in
2: 94. I think in 94, it might be Glenn Ruther. Have. Maybe because they
0: were the spiders in USWA. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. But uh let's see, 372 Doug Gibson, six foot two, thirty five years pro. This Virginia native has the is the current MAWA championship. Uh defeated former WWF world champion Ivan Koloff for the belt in June. Began his pro career at the age of 15. Okay. Go Good for him.
3: Going Is back to
0: right? going back to Mark's joke earlier about Moof with mid east breath. This one's
1: Mawa. It's the M A W
0: A. I'm the mawa heavyweight
1: champion.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Some people just did obviously did not think before they were, you know, naming their organization. Yeah. <laughs> To
0: me, with something like that, you lean into it, you know? I am. Yeah.
1: Come, come this <laughs> Saturday
0: and witness Mauer. Number
1: 371
0: is Leatherface. 6'3", 280, 9 years pro. Violent brawler has regularly appeared in Japan, the Caribbean's the WWC, and in Mexico. His style is not for those who didn't enjoy Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
2: Corporal Kushner?
0: Yes. Leatherface is Corporal Kushner.
1: Uh, I
2: remember watching
1: that him versus uh, Freddy Krueger stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. From um, Eddie. That would have been Eddie Gilbert. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, that, that was was uh, that in, did they do that shit in Wing or was it in Puerto Rico?
2: It was, when it was Eddie, it was in Wing. Mm hmm. Yeah, because I know he I know shot, Eddie hit.
0: I know Eddie brought him into ECW for a shot too.
2: Yeah, because it was weighing when him and Doug like ended up getting pissed off and shooting in the ring and yeah, forget which I forget which creature Doug was, but yeah,
0: yeah because they had a they had a the obviously Leatherface they had a Freddy Krueger, they had a Jason.
2: <laughs> that shit just was okay.
1: outlandish.
2: <laughs> if Doug was if Doug wasn't Jason, he had like a Michael Myers thing, I think. One of them. But yeah. I Corporal Kushner, I don't I mean, he was a guy that it's like when he was in WWE, I was just or when he watches WWF stuff, I'm just like indifferent to him. You know what I mean? It's like I don't hate him, I don't like him either. He's kind of there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's not
2: water, he, um... I know that much.
0: Well, and that's what I was going to say. He kind of fell into that thing because he they brought him in around the time that fucking that, uh, Vince and Slaughter got sideways about the G.I. Joe thing, and they didn't have Sarge anymore, but they still wanted to have that type of a character to feud with Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkoff and shit, so they just brought they brought Mike Kirshner in and just made him Corporal Kirshner to replace Sergeant Slaughter, and he was no replacement for Sergeant Slaughter.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of hard to place sword. when
0: you get when you get your sergeant slaughter from Timu
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: or Wish.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Number 370 is the Tennessee Equalizer. A brawler with an insatiable bloodlust whose face is always painted. Tag team partner of tag team partner of Chick White as the Death Riders in the Volunteer State Independence. Knowledgeable in the ring. Don't know who this that is.
1: That sounds kind of racist. Chick White and he brought his
2: equalizer. Yeah, <laughs> also two names that don't go together, right? At
1: least Chick Donovan goes together. He just that just sounds like some flamboyance.
2: With I'm just Chick saying White. the team of. No, I'm just saying the Tennessee Equalizer and Chick White. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <what? laughs> anyway.
1: It's a white uh, chick. What'd you say? Yep. Yeah.
0: It would be. It'd be fun. Like, that reminds me of like when you look before before um, the WWF stopped like showing is there's that period of time where they're still they've moved into the sports entertainment thing but they, they're still like the remnants of, of Vince's dad's way of promoting and stuff so that time where they're still on prime time showing just like Madison Square Garden cards even though su- wow. even though Superstars was like a completely different kind of show at that point but you'll just see and I'm getting to a point here but you'll just see a guy you'll see like a jobber team but it's one guy has a gimmick and the other doesn't it'll be like the team mm-hmm. of Bob Johnson and Dr. X <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Number 369 is Brett Stryker 6'1", 246, three years pro The nuclear warhead is the inaugural New Age mid-heavyweight champion Daredevil talent Executes moonsaults and top rope Frankensteiners Faced Sabu on a tour of the Orient Well, good for him But I don't know
1: who he is He went to the Orient And, and his claim to fame was He went, he went against Sabu
0: yeah, and probably got like one move in, and Sabu just did a bunch of shit to him.
2: Right. Well, I mean, what? What was his? What was his gimmick name? The nuclear warhead. <laughs> I thought it was. Now, I mean, now that would
1: have went with the Tennessee Equalizer.
3: <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying like.
2: Like that guy goes to Japan and makes himself like the nuclear bomb. That's some heat, I guess. Yeah. And and you could you would have. I'm here to
1: take.
2: I'm here to take out (laughs) Moria.
0: Originally Mm -hmm. from the United States, now from the center of
2: Nagasaki. (laughs) He's here to be your hero,
0: Shima.
1: Hashtag Enola (laughs) Gay.
2: He's from a project in Manhattan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) With his manager, Oppenheimer. (laughs) All right. Number 368, Dan Childers or Childers. I don't know. Six foot, 200, 200 pounds, three years pro. Showtime is a CWA fan favorite. Has wrestled extensively on the independent scene. Biggest win came in Danville, Kentucky in 1992 when he defeated the USWA's Brian Christopher. I don't know who this guy is either. Dan Childers or Childers. I haven't.
2: I've heard the name. He's been, uh, he's been talking about beating Brian Christopher for two years now. It's like, shut the fuck up, Dan. <laughs> whatever your name is.
1: <laughs> he's like, he's Shtek Say now. Shut up, Dan. Obviously, only one, only worked out for one of you. You beat him, and now he's got a contract. Right. <laughs> Number
0: 367. Ooh, this point, he's old. SD Jones, 6'1", 240 pounds, 32-year pro. Among the friendliest men in wrestling, watch out for his headbutts. Special delivery, has plenty of experience, has competed in WWF as well as IWCCW, and the Universal Wrestling Superstars.
2: And I was it's funny that's, it's funny that that's in his biography because I was going to say that there's certain guys like that, like in wrestling, that when you hear him like cut promos or whatever, you're just like, in real life, you're like, I believe that guy is just a nice dude,
3: and that's probably yeah, why he Jones was around. That's nice why he guy. was around.
2: That's why he was around so long. You know, like Vince never got rid of him or anything. Well,
0: and and one thing that's proof that he that he is is um if i don't know if you've ever watched any of paul roma's um shoot interviews paul roma yeah, like anybody paul roma is a bitter ass <laughs> like you don't like nobody yeah he will, shit, he will shit on flair he will shit on hogan he will shit on whoever he wants he don't give a fuck and they ask him about you know like briefly teaming with sd jones and he was like we didn't get a big push, but I really like team with S D Jones. He's a good yeah. guy, blah blah blah. Like yeah, nice nothing dude. nothing bad to say about S D.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he's just a nice dude, you know what I mean? It's kind of <laughs> like it's kind of like uh um and I'm not even saying this because of like the same race or whatever, but it's kind of like our truth. Like our really? truth's been around so long because it's like everybody likes the guy, he's yeah. friendly. So he's fun to have around. He's a nice dude. Did you see his thing yesterday, <laughs> I didn't watch the pay per view. I told you. Yet. Oh, you
0: didn't? I didn't know. It was on his. It was on social media. But no, yeah. like he, they he did this whole thing where he like showed up at the arena. He was like, there was nobody in the airport. There's nobody at the arena. Nobody's here at the show, and he was in Austria. Instead of Australia,
1: our, 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 our right. truth is a national treasure.
0: Yes, he is. <laughs> Dom and Nick Mysterio. All right, 366 Silver King number two, 59209, 16 years pro, native of a Mexicali, Mexico, has teamed with Silver King one briefly in WCW, intelligent Matt veteran who whose best hold is a figure four, one of Mexico's most respected competitors. I like the Silver Kings.
2: Yeah, I like Silver King. I don't I uh, and I mean I think they're briefly time in WCW is that tournament that Bill Watts did. Yeah. Cuz aren't they aren't they the ones that um Doc and uh Bam Bam beat up? Yes. When they said there's been an accident outside a couple, yes. me- a couple Mexicans done got ran over. <laughs> yes, it is the it is
0: the Silver Kings that done done got ran over. But I like the Silver Kings. Um, and I like excuse me. Excuse me. I like them as both singles wrestlers and tag team wrestlers, so any comment on Silver King 2, Mark, we'll move on? Because um, the next three are all going to be people we can comment on that we know.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't the Silver King.
0: Okay. 365 is Lanny Poffo. Six, years, six foot, 228 pounds, 20 years pro. The genius isn't quite as successful as older brother Randy Savage, but has done okay. Skilled gymnast with a fluid style. In European independence currently. 94. Yeah, he's
2: out of the WWF for a couple of years at this point. That's an understatement. He's not quite as successful as Randy Savage. No, (laughs) he's not at all as successful as Randy Savage. I I mean, but going back, like, whenever
1: I was younger, I I would watch all the eight-man tags and stuff like that. And when he'd come out with, like, the Beverly Brothers and shit like that, I used to enjoy the Genius.
2: Oh, no, I'm not stocking lanny popo i i I enjoy Papo. I thought it was cool when he'd work for his dad's crazy ass company. He'd come out in like full like night attire and shit like that right mm-hmm.
3: like,
2: yeah. I'm gonna get in the Battle royal. And I'm gonna wear an entire coat of armor. It's just it's fucking cool, and like I said, the genius character was fun. He's an odd duck or was an odd duck. He's dead now.
0: you know one of my dead. favorite stats about Lanny Papo
1: is with
0: that that some people some people that are old, that are younger now and I mean, I know the three of us are going to remember but some people that are younger now might not remember during the absolute positive like 1983 to 1991 one of the hottest runs in pro wrestling of all time of Hulk Hogan one of like the handful of guys that literally had a televised victory over Hulk Hogan was Lanny Poffo yeah right.
2: like count out
0: yeah, he beat Hogan by countout, but he beat him. He beat him, and guess who that never yeah. did? Mister Perfect. <laughs> yeah.
2: and then they broke. And then then they broke his belt. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good shit. Um, it's yeah, just I, super weird. I remember like when the Benoit thing happened. Like it was like Jericho, Papo, and somebody else. Maybe Mark Mero. On something, and they're all talking about it. And then Lanny, just in the middle of everybody talking, goes, The children need to learn to read. We must (laughs) teach the children to read. Is this guy having a stroke? And everybody was like,
3: All
2: right, (laughs) Lanny, do you you currently
0: smell burnt toast? Where did that come from?
3: anyway no nah, but yeah. like when he I, used to
1: prance around the ring and flail his arms and shit i used to like it, it was funny to me
2: oh no a great gimmick great dude and like and a I really wanna... good fucking wrestler like when he was doing it... shit he was doing shit like sorry like like when he first came in and he was like the baby face genius you know yeah. like he was doing shit that no like people were doing in japan and mexico and everything you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. dude, it was fucking good anyway go ahead sorry
0: no i was just gonna say i know a lot of people the memories of him especially as the manager of the genius are the genius and mr perfect but i'm one of the few people that actually and i like genius and perfect but i actually like genius as manager of the beverly
1: brothers more yeah i agree uh, I, I, for some reason, that that's what sticks out to me when I think Lenny Popo is him managing the Beverly Brothers. Mm-hmm.
2: And he just do off the wall shit like with Mr. Perfect. Was it the golf course or whatever to hit the hole in one? And then he was like, absolutely perfect. And then he yes. did a backflip. <laughs> yes. Like, why and did you the- do that backflip? And he
0: did the backflip <laughs> it like in the get up, like in his robe. Yeah. And
2: shit. Yeah. <laughs> It's like absolutely perfect. And then he just hits a (laughs) backflip. If I was just perfect, I'd be like, what the fuck was that? Anyway.
0: Oh, it's funny. All right. You know what? I don't know why. I just thought of something. Somehow, I think maybe, I don't know, just because we were shitting on Lou Perez so hard. (laughs) I. (laughs) I actually skipped 382. Just for the record, 382 is Buddy Landell. I don't think we ever even I was just looking <laughs> up and down here and I'm like Whatever. I don't think I did I was like I don't think I mentioned Buddy Landell.
1: But we were no, just so awesome.
0: hardcore,
2: we were so hardcore ripping apart Al Perez that <laughs> <laughs> I like Buddy Landell.
0: But number
2: anyway. 3
0: n- number 364 is one of those guys that like and I'll get to my point but I think he was hurt by, I was, he was actually hurt by his brother's existence. And I'll, I'll, I'll say why in a minute. It's Kendall Wyndham, 6'5, yep. 220, 10 years pro, younger br- brother of Barry Wyndham is a decent competitor in his own right and wrestling in Florida independence. The, I think the problem with Kendall, cause Kendall was a good wrestler, but he looked, He looks so spindly compared to his brother and his dad and like the rest of his family. He just looks so. He was.
2: He didn't. But I
0: know, but I'm just saying, like, it just, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't exude that name like the other guys did.
2: I know, but that's the thing with them, Wyndhams, because Barry was the same way. When Barry first started out, he was a fucking skinny little fucking swizzle stick, you know? But as he got older, he got bigger. And because that ended up happening in Kendall too. The problem was he just didn't get big enough physical wise until it was like you know. The Monday WWF, night but, Yeah. And and a lot of <laughs> the other funny thing is too, um honestly, a lot of the time that he got bigger, like he was in the clank. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. mm-hmm. he went away for a little bit. So I mean hey by, by the time he got to WCW I mean it was just it's like Kendall Windham's not going to be a main eventer you know right.
3: but yeah, he wasn't now, a bad uh,
2: worker and the the guy that
1: was was basically my mentor for the, the independent wrestling his son actually ran up and down the roads with Kendall and him Mhm and uh, he, his dad was telling me some stories, and I'm like, okay.
0: <laughs> Getting into some shit on the road, huh? <laughs> yeah.
1: I imagine. Say, just, that's putting it lightly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just don't borrow any money from him. Oof.
1: <laughs> it might still be wet.
0: <laughs> Number 363. Bleh, excuse me. Number 363. Huh? He's a star on Reliving the Extreme. It's Sal 510, 240, 17 years pro, unpredictable, veteran, gradually recovering from serious injuries suffered last summer. Starred in the WWF as Centurion Marcella, fan favorite, famed in ECW for tossing stuffed animals into the crowd. Those early days of ECW with Salvatore Belomo yes. and the fucking the fucking for the, kid. Hat, the helmet and it's for the kids and he's got the fucking for the furry
2: boots. And then it was the point where he didn't have the furry boots. Remember, he just had the giant boots.
0: Yeah, they look like uh, rain boots.
2: Like b- yeah, big like gigantic boots rain boots. That, it looked like mm-hmm. those big shoes that Seth that Seth Rollins wore that one night on Raw. Like, What's going on? <laughs> Basile
0: was entertaining as yeah. shit, though. I gotta, you know, um,
2: And lot- ECW, and ECW was WWE. yeah man, he was boring. but i think it was the thing where it's kind of like what we said about sd where he's just a nice guy you know just keep him around like the most entertaining thing he ever did in the wwf to me was getting his ass kicked by the by piper orton and uh 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 wonderful Mm -hmm. where he comes out he's like the junkyard dog is hurt his wife was like, "Where is the junkyard dog?" <laughs> and he goes, "The junkyard dog is hurt." He said, "I asked you, where is the junkyard dog? The junkyard dog is hurt." He goes, "I know he's hurt, you stupid wop." <laughs> <laughs> and then they kick the shit out of him. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> but anyway. I, when he got to ECW, he was fun. WWF it's like, dude, you're building a paper boat. Hey, this is boring.
0: <coughs> anyway, anyway, he was a guy that was literally he was he was a guy that it, it it's also it's also he's also that with the the time where you're transitioning again from Vince Senior's era to Vince Junior's era, he was a guy that was popular in MSG, but nowhere else. <laughs> Yeah, like the, the MSG crowd liked him. The you know what I mean? The MSG crowd liked him. He was kind of a hometown boy or whatever. But
2: well, yeah, because in that time he didn't have to like cut like big probos. He just go out there. You yep. have your. They match, just knew he was an know?
0: Italian like Bruno. Yeah,
2: yeah. He would have never made it any further than what he did, and and I'm not even knocking him. You know what, no. what I mean? I'm no. just saying his his style, like the style of worker that he was, and the way he talks, he would have never made it. In the, in the expansion era.
0: All right. So number 362 <clears throat> must be Cash's father. Flex Wheeler, 5'10", <laughs> 250, three years pro, Eastern Independent star, now in CWA, WWA, top light heavyweight title contender, excellent acrobatic technical skills, recent acquisition of the Cash Money Boys has turned Rule Breaker, Native of Strong, Pennsylvania. I don't know him. Know me there.
2: Cash, Cash Money, money boys. boys.
1: Cash Money boys. That sounds that sounds vaguely familiar.
2: <laughs> I
0: think we talked about we talked about that stable in the last episode.
3: <laughs>
1: money, it's games.
2: Uh, oh, I thought
1: they were coming out in Lil Wayne and
2: shit. That's <laughs> what <So> I'm <laughs> <Not> saying. they <laughs> They sound like a nineteen ninety-nine fucking rap group that's not around anymore. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like they slam their name in the beginning of every one of their songs. Like Ooh, yes, the cash money boys. They're fucking they're doing a reunion
0: tour right now with the funk dubious guys. Yeah. <laughs> the funk dubious guys and DOSFX.
2: I like <laughs> funk dubious though.
0: Man, me too. I'm not, no, I'm not hating. I'm just saying you said like a group that like fell off or whatever. The, 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 Demmit, headlined, Demmit. the tour is headlined by House of Pain because everybody knows jump around.
2: Uh, yeah, or as say Onyx. <laughs> which, <Brainy. laughs> which is funny. I'm, we're not on this, but like I was like, I'm going to read about Onyx, you know? You ever get on some random Wikipedia thing or whatever? Absolutely. Wikipedia
0: (laughs) Wikipedia wormholes are one of my favorite things.
2: I ended up reading about the the rap group Onyx, and they became one of the most popular rap groups in Russia. (laughs) Like, Russian dudes love Onyx. Slam! for (laughs)
0: Dosvidanya!
2: I just thought about a bit be- I just thought about him being in their Nikolai Volkov hats doing the doing those leg dances <laughs> to slam.
3: <laughs>
2: and I'm not knocking the leg dances because that shit's super impressive. Like I would I would kill myself if I did. I'd break my cuckas. But yeah, I'm just thinking of am doing that to slam. That's fantastic. <laughs> just super drunk.
0: <laughs> but anyway. Number 361, Mike Stone, 6'5", 3'15", 12 years pro veteran, has competed all over North America and in South Africa and won numerous regional titles. Recently returned to Canada, won the River City Wrestling Belt. Relentless will brawl with anybody.
1: Mike Stone.
2: Basic-ass dude. (laughs) Yeah, he
1: definitely got a basic-ass name. Yeah, he didn't even try.
0: Number three hundred and sixty, New Jack, six foot two twenty-five, two years pro, now one of Smoky Mountain's gangsters. West Coast native has been part of a tag, part of the tag team champions in Georgia and the USWA. Not much talent, but learning and gaining experience. In ninety-four, I think is when New Jack hits the promo with Bob Coddle in the background, thanking O.J. Simpson.
2: Yeah, two more down. Thanks, brother. And Bob, oh God. It's like oh my God. <laughs> There's a lot of Smoky Mountain moments for Bob Goddle's Just stuck in it. <laughs> it doesn't. You can tell. Does not want to be there.
0: <laughs> He's like, this is not your pork chop, pork chop, cash type, type African American. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> or like James Mitchell talked about how he did like a promo, like just like destroying religion and god and all this shit and then like after it was over they were like you know bob's like super religious right and And i'm sure james mitchell was like (laughs) no james said he felt terrible because he respected bob so much and he's like i wouldn't like you know attacked everything he believed in if i knew he actually believed in it (laughs) but anyway yeah, there's parts of Smoky Bout where Bob just looks completely lost. Well, I, I was to say in Smoky Mountain where he looks completely lost. There's times in his whole career, and he did it fantastic. I'm not knocking it, you know. Right.
0: But, yeah. Oh, you know how much I love Bob Coddle, so you're not gonna yeah, get I any, love me. Yeah, to get me to say anything bad about Bob Coddle. Um. Yeah. Number three fifty nine, Brian. We were about
2: supposed to him. talk. I was just saying we were started talking about Bob Cottle and it was New Jack, but yeah, this is just the the beginning <laughs> of New Jack. And he was never like promo wise, never bad. Like he got in the business and was awesome that aspect of yeah. it. So
3: yeah.
2: Number three fifty nine.
0: Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah,
1: He's definitely, definitely known for being one of the most violent motherfuckers.
0: He's um uh... He's a guy that perfected the same thing that the Rock perfected. I'm and I'm not comparing them as far as box office goes, but I am a mediocre worker. But what I the, the few things that I do actually do I do very well. You know.
2: Yep. Oh yeah. It's like Jarrett's it's like Jarrett's walking brawl.
1: Yeah. He, he definitely was was good on the mic. He just he just uh knew how to draw heat a little cheaply too. Yes.
0: Well, and he also knew in Smoky Mountain looking around at all these white hillbillies, <laughs> he
1: knew
0: exactly <laughs> what he knew exactly what to say to get that heat. Right. Three fifty nine is Brian Williams, five nine two twenty one one year pro. PWF rookie rookie is quickly establishing himself. Beat George South for the junior heavyweight title early in the year. Already involved in ladder matches. Too much too soon.
2: Also, (laughs) did he is this the same guy that did he retire and then become like a broadcaster?
0: (laughs) No, it's not the news guy.
2: (laughs) No. It's right. Like, it's
1: too much too soon because he's in ladder matches. Right. I thought that, I thought that was a good thing.
0: 358 is Giant Gonzalez. 7'7", 4'35", oh. four years pro, tallest wrestler ever, has likely spent more time acting on TV, Baywatch, Thunder in Paradise, than in the ring. Ex-Argentine basketball player Flock in WCW and the WWF, Recently in Japan.
3: I mean, I ain't got
1: nothing bad to say about him. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't athletic, but he was definitely a sight to see.
0: That's what I was gonna say. He was an attraction. I mean, I don't know. what People expected. I don't think they expect him to do Frankensteiners or something. But you know, and actually, he was one of those things where um, I don't know if it was Pat Patterson. I don't know if it was Vince McMahon. I don't know who it was. But the WWF's penchant for visuals was like, who are we going to make his manager? Oh, we got to make his manager Harvey Whippleman,
2: because Harvey no, Whippleman, little no, no guy.
0: Harvey Whippleman next to Giant Gonzalez shows you how absolutely insanely large Giant Gonzalez is. <laughs> right. There
1: was I mean, no way they were going
2: There was no way they were going to have Bill Alfonso. Even though Bill Alfonso was giant Gonzalez's guy, there's mm-hmm. no way somebody looked like Bill Alfonso was gonna be cutting promos and shit on TV in the WWF. Right, right. Um
0: 357 Bastion Booger, six foot 345 pounds, was initially disgusting in the WWF, then became merely ridiculous. Now oh, he in was Midwest,
2: disgusting
3: now
0: in Midwest independence. Obese brawler who'd rather sit down with a large pizza than get a title shot.
2: Fucking hate that guy. Mike Shaw, baby. (laughs) uh, Everywhere he went, he sucked. (laughs) I don't know. Just
1: the thing that sticks out the most about me is uh, eight-man tag with Bastion Booger. What was it? Him. Versus uh men on a mission and
0: Doink. Oh yeah, it was booger, <laughs> booger. It was booger, Bigelow, and the head shrinkers against the doinks. Yeah, and it was like <laughs> men on a mission, men on a mission, and the bushwhackers dressed up as yeah. doink.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Yeah, like what, what would you say? That's like WWF low point.
2: Shit! It's Actually, pure... Like, that, like, like job, that, 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 that
0: specific match is like the the lowest low point of the WWF. I don't know. <laughs> you can only go <laughs> I mean. up from here.
2: Bam, bam, and Fatu were probably just looking at each other like, "What the fuck are you telling? <laughs> was it barbarian by that? Was it was it barbarian by that point, or was it still Samu ninety?
0: Or, no, yeah, it was. It was Barb. Yeah, it was those, barbarian. Those
2: those three probably had to just be like, "What the fuck are we doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're getting paid, but good lord. Working with the old, but am I wrong? Right, am I the,
0: right? Am I right? Was it the head shrinkers?
2: I believe so. I think I'm it right. Was the
1: head shrinkers, Bam Bam, probably and was. right if I'm not mistaken. Okay.
2: But that the only what good thing,
1: a like Bastion Booger, see. that's that immediately comes to mind for
3: me.
2: The only good thing about Bastion Booger is that award that I gave Nate.
3: The
0: what? I'm sorry, he broke up a minute.
2: I said the only good thing that ever come out of Bastion Booger is that present I gave you. <laughs> oh, you yes. gave him
1: a present that came out of Bastion Booger.
2: No, I'm saying like the existence <laughs> of Bastion <and> Booger. <laughs> I That's gave the, him a. It's like a. How do you, I don't even know how you describe it. It's it, Mark. It's one of those glass blocks
0: that has an. It, that you can put. An, that they put an image into for you and you can set it on like a little light stand. Like right. a dimensional
2: image. Like if your dog dies, see if they, you could put the picture of the dog in the thing and it's like a 3D image of your dog. You know what I'm right. talking about? I did one of those Ed and encased Bastion Booger in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they might shall watch over you
0: <laughs> yeah it sits on the shelf glowing at me <laughs> every once in a while I hear a fart or a burp in the distance <laughs> speaking of uh, farts how about farts this pop- how about this popcorn fart number 356 Damien Demento
2: six God, two, damn, they're really, Three they're really years, out the middle here aren't they <laughs>
0: <laughs> For formerly of the w w f now frequently appears on independent cards in the east and midwest has a good standing reverse neck breaker excels at knee drops into the skull, young enough to bounce back,
2: sorry, hindsight he didn't, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like oh my god, it's like all the shit from like the beginning of raw, like these guys. <laughs>
1: With the exception of a few, up until now, you really had to have a modium next to you watching any of these guys.
0: Damien Demento, man. Oof. I I mean, I I was going to say, and I can understand that guy walking into Vince's office with that look. You know what I mean? He's a big motherfucker. Had kind of a menacing look, and Vince probably saw. And then they they put that on him. And I'm not saying I'm not giving him any credit at all, because I mean, there's been plenty of people in WWF that have been given shitty gimmicks and done the best with it and became stars anyway. We talked about Glenn Jacobs last week, but right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can see what they saw in him just visually, you know. But yeah, what a he was he was garbage in the ring.
2: Fuck him. Let him eat fish heads.
0: (laughs) Oh, here we go. Man, the hits keep coming here. 355 is Awesome Kong. 6'4", 440, 5 years pro, wrestles in Texas Independence, occasionally teams with Colossal Kong, his partner in WCW. Bulky, undisciplined, was briefly USWA champ in 1991. One of the piggies. Awesome Kong.
2: I thought you. Oh, loved like these there. people. Like, how are they over like Buddy Landell and whatever?
1: <laughs> Hell, how are they over Bastion Booger?
2: <laughs> uh, I'm even saying all these guys. Like, yeah, I mean this little section of the of of the 500 is just like like they were like, let's just get all like the. Dit birds out of the way before we get to the before we get to like 250. We'll just get rid of these fucking slugs.
1: How the fuck did they make it over Chick Donovan?
2: Chick Donovan
1: at least had in-ring talent. Yeah. <laughs> didn't look like a he didn't have side titty. Right. Look like a fucking blowed out tire. <laughs> <laughs>
0: number three okay so we had the spider 354 it's is spider. spider this is spider 2 6'2", one year pro this is probably one of the headbangers because later on up here whatever spoiler alert this is 30 years old later on down the line we have a spider one as well so this guy's probably one of the headbangers Spider 2, this masked man's main goal is to recapture the WWA tag title with his partner Spider 1. Excellent top rope Frankenstein. So, yeah, that's probably, those spiders are probably headbangers. I don't know who the spider was, but now I sound like Jim Ross when he's like, I don't know if he's a warrior, a the warrior, warrior.
1: The warrior. <laughs> I had no idea. I thought, I thought you were going to say L-Spider or some
0: shit. Yeah. There's, there's probably, probably an L-Spider on here, too.
2: <laughs> i watched the 96 <laughs> superstars the other day and lawler was doing the i'm hurt gimmick you know mm-hmm. like with his knee and he brings out the royal spider and it's just glenn Ruth. <laughs> yeah he's like i'm hurt so you're gonna be facing the royal spider yeah it's just glenn Ruth, anyway
0: number 353 this is actually something they also called Lanny Poffo, Big D, six yeah, foot two twenty-two. They all
2: dick on him apparently. Big hog, he's a big hog. Yeah, got a big hog. Six foot...
1: <laughs> Ask me about my wiener.
2: <laughs> was it Jericho, was it Jericho saying so he could suck it himself or whatever? Yes. <laughs> Lanny Poffo, the only guy you know that can suck his own dick. <laughs> Well, this wrestler—it makes that backflip backflip even more impressive. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) how did the weight, the
1: weight,
0: the weight, the weight distribution is so impressive.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it's like I'm not worried about falling. I got my kickstand. Like,
3: (laughs) my help, my hold (laughs) me up. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: This guy's wrestling name is Big D. Six foot 222, three years pro, was the light heavyweight champion of the now defunct Big D Federation. Fan favorite now seeks new challenges. Agile wrestlers should continue to excel, but may need to leave Dallas Fort Worth. No, because then Big D because another meaning. He can only wrestle, yeah. and that name is Big D in Dallas. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I wonder if his opponent was like,
2: I wonder if his opponent was like, tonight, I'm going through the Big D and don't mean Dallas. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but
2: uh,
1: did you say the Big D Wrestling Federation?
0: Yeah, the Big the of the now defunct Big D Federation. <laughs> that was probably bunch one of, of, the, was probably bunch of. That was probably a bunch of ladies.
2: Uh, a bunch of ladies showed up and thought it was some kind of review, probably. And they were like, "Prove <laughs> it!" And they're like, "We what? thought
0: this was like the thunder from down under."
2: Yeah. <laughs> instead, we got the big. Unless instead we got Big Cat and fucking
1: awesome
0: Kong,
2: <laughs> awesome Kong and Giant Gonzalez, the fucking kill- they
1: missed they missed out on a great uh, a great main event there. Obviously, Big D versus Meat. Yikes. <laughs> it's
2: gonna be a sword fight. Come on down. <laughs> Number 352,
0: hoping I don't slaughter this name, Masayoshi Motigi. He was the wing junior heavyweight junior. You, do it, you gotta clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> Was the Wing Junior Heavyweight Champion before that promotion folded in Japan? Now in fledgling Social Pro Wrestling Federation has ECW experience, uh, disciplined and sound with superb aerial ability.
2: Can't say I've heard of. Him. I can't. I can't remember. Is he the?
0: He might be one of those guys that they brought that when they brought him into ECW that we watched when the Wing guys were coming in and then they just yeah. Says, that's what hey. I'm thinking. They just called him like instead of calling him Masayoshi Motigi, they just called him Mr. Yoshi or something, you know, just
3: <laughs>
2: <to> sim- <laughs> sim- Masasamogi mogi uh,
0: whatever his name
2: is. It's
0: like he's whatever. just gonna get he's just gonna get flattened by Sabu. There's no need to get his name right. Yeah.
3: Uh, right.
0: Number 351. This is a name I'm familiar with. Don't know a lot about him, but I know the name Austin Steele. Six foot two thirty-three, three years pro, up and comer, up and coming PWF competitor thinks he's the true nature boy, feuding with the Italian stallion while trying to regain the PWF tag belts with regular partner Terry Austin. Aggressive style with fine flying forearm. Again, one of those magazine names I remember, but I don't know a lot about
1: Austin Steele. Hold on, you just said he thinks he's the nature boy. So he thinks he's Rick Flair, and he's feuding with the Italian Stallion. Yes. So he's got B foot Rocky. I I like where this is headed. Sounds sounds right up uh, one of Aaron's bad wrestling shows that he's going to make us watch. Sounds right up that alley. I don't know anything about the guy.
0: Number 350 is Dino Hernandez. 5'11, 185, six years pro, high flying wrestler who is comfortable with both American and Mexican mat styles, has never been hampered by his relatively small size, competes on both sides of the border. Dino Hernandez.
1: Is is that like Gino's dyslexic cousin? I was going to
0: say probably was at some point billed as Gino Hernandez's brother, because wrestling
1: did that back then. Well, I mean, at, at least he chose Gino and not Al <laughs> Right.
2: So, so they said he's tiny and can fit in a hamper? Is that what you said? Uh, has never been hampered by his relatively small size. Yeah, I think oh. that's what they said. <laughs> yeah, they, they they've tried, but they can't get him in that hamper. It's been close. <laughs> Number 349.
0: The Honky Tonk Man, 6'1", yeah. 256, 15 years pro, still makes rounds of Southern independence as Elvis impersonator lookalike, still hated by fans, had the longest tenure of any WWF intercontinental
2: champion. And took that fucking independent wrestling scene and fucking understood exactly. the old expression. Huh? He understood the assignment, man. You know what? Hey, you I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go out there, I'm going to sing my song twice, <laughs> piss them people yes. off, then some kid's going to come out, I'm going to bump him, and then I'm <laughs> going to win, and then I'm going to leave.
0: And you know what else I give thanks. him credit for? The other thing I give Honky Tonk credit for, and you mentioned about the independent thing, Honky Tonk Man saw the value in these conventions before these conventions became a thing.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? Same way, like with, same, way, same way with the shoot interview. Yeah. But yeah, Honky would, Honky knew what he was fucking doing. And he knew that was his gimmick. Cause like he took that gimmick to the W, like people don't think about that too. Like he took that gimmick to the WWE. Yeah. So right. I mean, yeah, the dude understood the assignment. And everybody talks about how like, oh, he finally ended up buckling and going to the Hall of Fame. He didn't buckle, he knew he was done. Doing all that shit, and then when you know what I mean? Yeah, like I mean knew, if you look I don't, at, if you look I don't want this... to, he he knew if he he knew if he went to the Hall of Fame, they were going to be able to limit where he could go and what he could do, and he knew the minute he was done doing all that shit, now I'll go into the Hall of Fame and they'll still cut, be cutting me a check. You know mm-hmm. what I mean?
0: That's what I was going to say. He took a gimmick. That should have been a that should have been an undercard goofy gimmick. Took it to took it to heights, made it famous. So he did that. Then when he left the WWF, he again he mastered this independent wrestling thing. He went to WCW for a hot second. Eric Bischoff thought he was gonna tell him what to do and he told him to go fuck himself. Then he went back to the independent scene, probably made more money than he ever would have in WCW, and then he mastered the convention scene. And then, like you said, he found it to the point in his career where now he goes into the Hall of Fame, he gets a nice legends deal, action figures. He can put HOF on his autographs now. So that makes them even more impressive. In other words, the honky tonk man gets the fucking hustle.
2: God <laughs> bless him.
3: He and and, the
0: la- and the last I time, think- the last time I the last time I talked to him, he was like uh what what did he say he's because i don't I forget where he said he was living at the time maybe evansville or something he's like you know yeah because he said indianapolis because he asked me where i was from or he asked me if i was from indiana because we were in indiana i said well i'm just across the border in ohio he said yeah 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 i've been living here in indiana and in evansville and you know what they were just the wwe they were just in indianapolis they call a fucking honky tonk man. No, they didn't call a honk motherfucker. He was just like motherfuckers. Didn't even give me a call. <laughs>
2: yeah, and, and like I said, I think, um, like I said I understood his gimmick and a lot of, and it might sound you guys might disagree with me too, but I think he gets shit on sometimes as being a worker. Being like, like to me, being a worker doesn't always mean like you're fucking. No, no, I hate I hate when people I hate when people use that word. You you understand your goddamn character and what what that character would do in the ring. I hate
0: I hate when people use the word worker to try to make it sound like that means that you you are like you said like you're Bret Hart or Kurt Henning or something. No, that's a style of worker, but. You know, honky-tonk man, Kurt Henning, Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart, Ric Flair, they're all workers. They're just workers of a different style. And like you said, he got got what his style was, and he worked it. And guess what? I don't think he ever got injured or injured anybody else.
2: No, he didn't. It's like he said. Like, he talked about Bret, and I love Bret Hart, but Bret Hart is his biggest fan, you know? Yeah. And he talks about Honky Tonk Man and says, Honky Tonk Man, he was like, they showed him this thing about Brett talking about Honky and Honky's like watching this thing and it's Brett and he says Honky Tonk Man had the worst punches in the business. Punch like that couldn't even break a fucking egg. And then they go back to Honky Tonk Man and he goes, Hey, Brett, who would you rather work with on a night-to-night basis? Me, whose punch can't even break an egg? Or Goldberg, who kicked your fucking head off your goddamn shoulders and ended your career? (laughs) <laughs> take, your, take your pick. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you're bitching about me because I'm you're bitching about me because I'm can't break a lit egg with my punch, but then you're bitching about this guy because he you kicked your fucking head off. <laughs> like you goddamn you gotta you gotta choose, buddy. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just yeah. And he was the first guy to work them, work them fucking shoot guys, man.
3: Yep. Number wait, three wait,
0: 40, number three forty eight. I don't think it's but it's Black Scorpion. 6'1, 247, 5 years pro, intense competitor now feuding with Cruel Connection 2 over the PWF Intercontinental title. Many fans still still know little about him.
3: And <laughs> I, just think, it's funny.
0: <laughs> I just think it's funny that Cruel Connection 2 is still just wrestling. Like just be cruel connection.
2: Like but you're not even a connection. Right. (laughs) There's only one of you. Like, either take your mask off or come up with another name.
0: On this thing, he's like, on this Federation, it's like, Cruel Connection 2. Do you
2: remember, Virginia? Yeah, it's like, Cruel Connection... Cruel Connection 2. There's only one of you. It's kind of like Airheads. We're the lone rangers, but yeah. there's three of you. Yes, you can't be alone. <laughs> it's like there's one of you, you can't be two nor a connection, you fucking <laughs> moron. And Black Scorpion, just take your mask off and let us know you're Lou's brother. This is fucking ridiculous.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you had your chance,
2: asshole. <laughs> yeah. Can't get off.
1: He was uh, he was on the previous one that uh that we done too, right?
0: No, when we did the last one, 91, that was actually the black, was actually black scorpion like Rick Flair, Rick Flair Black Scorpion. This Got one is him. just uh, this one is just some indie jerk off using the black scorpion name. <laughs> 34 347 also has to do with cruel connection, too. It's flaming youth. 511, 233 years pro. Still teaming with Cruel Connection 2 in the PWS. God damn it. Enthusiastic fan favorite. Keep an eye on him. He, this could be his year. I think it's funny. Flaming Youth and Cruel Connection
2: 2. Dude. Oh my God.
1: Let's just move on. <laughs> yeah. Flaming you. Maybe that was some future foresight shit. 346
0: is Mongolian Mauler, 62303, 10 years pro, black eyed protege of Abdullah the Butcher was briefly in WCW under Colonel Robert Parker, then quickly left. A pure brawler who likes hurting people, often in Europe. I Hold on. He, did,
2: he did oh go ahead, Nate. Sorry. No, go ahead, Aaron. He, I was just gonna say he got he was in WCW for a hot minute. He was in Smoky Mountain for a hot minute. He had a he had an interesting look, but he just never stayed anywhere here
3: mm-hmm.
2: very long. I don't know if maybe like the promoter saw the look and was like, "That's an interesting look," and then he got in the ring and they were like, "Hoofa" or what? But the oh, whole once the bell rings thing yeah, like the black eyes and everything look cool, but yeah, I mean, th-
1: he said quickly left. I was gonna say quickly left or quickly released.
3: <laughs> little bit of both.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here three forty five Ned Brady, six two two forty five, six years pro. The nasty one ranks among the most dangerous wrestlers to ever appear on the Florida independent scene. Rule breaker turned fan favorite, now involved in a heated feud with the Cuban assassin, Ned Brady. Nasty Ned.
2: I remember him nasty as a jobber. Ned. Yeah, nasty Ned. <laughs> Sounds like a pedo, a pedophile,
1: oh, or a serial killer. Game.
0: Side note: what? that's what they that's what they used to call Ned Beatty in Hollywood.
2: Mm-hmm. Nasty Ned. What a freak! <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about Nasty Ned.
0: I, like I said, I just remember seeing him job on TV, maybe WCW, like in probably. The but yeah, I, I remember him, but I don't remember him. If that makes sense.
1: What a you shitty him a wrestler. A
3: anyway
0: number 344 sounds like a guy that would you would either owe money to or would owe you money Chi Chi Cruz uh, three, time, three time West 4 Wrestling Alliance heavyweight champion currently involved in Amer- major feuds with both Kerry Brown and Stan Saxon proved himself against top notch opposition throughout Canada I don't know who he is but I like his name
1: He's a real big kid at the strip club.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I got none on Gigi Cruz. Right. I was
0: I was I actually paused. I was like, pause for Aaron to make a joke, maybe, but
2: I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Number 343
0: sounds like a drink. A moose, it's Moose Montana. 510, 275, Ooh. 3 years pro. Known in CWA as the New Hampshire Nightmare, former former New England heavyweight champion, son of famed wrestler Bull Montana, who is also his manager, as a devastating DDT. I just, I'm like, yeah, give me a moose Montana.
2: Like... <laughs> I thought I was gonna pay hey, somebody needs to get me an Uber. I had me one too many of them moose Montanas. <laughs> Motherfucker sneak
3: up on you.
2: It's a heavy cream liqueur. I'm assuming
3: uh, yeah.
2: a Moose Montana. <laughs> it's like a heavy drunk. When you're done with it, the, it, you're like, oh.
1: It's the remix it's of a
2: mudslide. It's like mm. it's a heavy, heavy drink. One too many Moose Montanas. I'm going to go off the road.
1: <laughs> Sir, have you been drinking tonight? You can't you can't even look at the cop and be proud if you that's what you're drinking.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like, well, what'd you I, have yeah. to drink? Um uh, moose montanas I and the cop, last, last, I had last I had year. I had I
0: had five moose montanas. I'ma go home and take me a Chi Chi cruise. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think I think that last one was curdled. <laughs> Moose Montana gave me the bubble gut.
3: <clears throat> Damn it, man! Yeah. All right,
0: <laughs> number three forty-two is Morgus the Maniac. six three four thirty-nine. Four years pro. Recently beat Nails for one of his biggest victories. Accompanied by doctor and nurse to the ring. Had has fallen out with numerous tag team partners over inability to comprehend the rules. I think the in the 91 PWI, he was number 500, if I remember correctly. Morgus the Maniac.
1: So Morgus yep. is moving on up. He beat nails. He really nailed that one. <laughs>
0: 341, Rick Connors. Six foot 240, 31 years pro. Veteran of the Tennessee independent scene has fought virtually everybody unparalleled rule breaking skills among the craftiest of wrestlers shares SWA tag title with partner Lone Star Rick Connors is a guy that um I don't know if I've I've probably seen him because he did I mean he wrestled Memphis he wrestled you know any of his jobber as a jobber or whatever but he was around Tennessee for fucking ever man he's probably wrestled Lawler he probably wrestled Mantel, Dundee just not never became a big name nationally.
1: Did you say craftiest or crappiest? Craftiest. Okay, okay. Yeah. Among the crap yeah.
0: among the crappiest of wrestlers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just making sure I, I understood uh, Just the fucking worst. <laughs> He's like
2: <laughs> it's, it's <fucking laughs> we put him
1: right here just so we can rib on him. Yeah.
2: Connors is a fucking joke. (laughs) It's a huge piece of shit.
0: No wrestling ability whatsoever.
2: Fucking asshole, basically.
0: Number 340 (laughs) is, well, it's Rick Rick Connors' tag team partner, Lone Star. 5'9, 235, three years pro. He and partner Rick Connors are current SWA tag team champions. From parts unknown, though, we're Tempted to believe he's from Texas, masked, mean, calculating, and sinister. I love how they're like, yeah, they point it out like he's called Lone Star, but you say he's from parts yeah. unknown,
1: yeah. Because I mean, obviously, he's got a tag partner, he's not alone. Yeah. It's
0: like <laughs> from, from parts unknown, the Georgia Bulldog.
1: <laughs> Wonder where that guy was, was created. <laughs>
2: Unless you're the lone star that teamed with Barf, nobody can. We know where you're from.
0: <laughs> Number 339, Al Hardiman, 6'2, 235, five years pro. The Wild Fang is former Florida <laughs> Wrestling Federation champ. That's how it's spelled. Extensive martial arts yourself. training. Go ahead. Sorry. Feuded with Lou Perez, Mondo Clean, and Hercules. Tag partner of Blackjack Mulligan.
2: Say his name again.
0: Al Hardiman.
2: You can't be like, "Hey, I'm Al Hardiman, the Wild Bang." (laughs) (laughs) Your your name sounds like you go door to door selling like fucking irons, (laughs) or you're gonna do my fucking taxes. And he's like, "I'm Wild Bang."
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wait till you see this refund.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three thirty-eight is Kent Cole, six-two-two thirty-five, two years pro. Keith's twin brothers now in the NWA and other independents after WCW stay fizzled. Best move is the drop kick. Fan of Dusty Rhodes in his youth could bounce back. He doesn't.
2: Yeah, the Cole twins. Yes, it's just generic as it gets, man. If white bread had feet, it'd be those fucking guys.
0: <laughs> the best thing about the Cole twins was Jesse Ventura. Because he would interview them and he'd go, let me ask you something, Keith. And Keith would go, mom, Kent and Jesse would not play into their shit. Like, you know, your normal commentator would be like, oh, I'm sorry. He'd be like, let me ask you something, Keith. And he'd be like, I'm Kent. And Jesse like, it doesn't matter. Can't like like Jesse just like fucked with him like he just didn't give a fuck. You, He's like, oh, this, you, both, at that, you both suck. At, at that yeah, at that point Jesse was like this. This is fucking garbage. I hate it here anyway.
2: <laughs> you both fucking suck. So it doesn't matter which one you are. I'm gonna go take a nap now.
0: I'll see you later. <laughs> I'm gonna go take a nap in the same room. Gordon Soli is also
1: currently taking a nap.
3: We're just gonna nap.
1: <laughs> They wouldn't even let them do the curtain jerk. They make them like match two or three when they needed to bring the crowd back down.
0: Yeah, well, and they they did do like was it like super early ninety three when WCW was so bad in ninety three until like yeah they until
2: tried they, until
0: until they, really... they did until they like fired it up at the end of the year they were so anyway they did like the thing with the Kent bro- the Cole brothers and the Bruise brothers the the battle of the twins or whatever.
2: Yeah, they really tried hard with those fucking twin like toll twins, but it's, like, well, it's like yeah. But like the worst you're like you're like worst versions of like the dynamic dudes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right, number 337.
0: spider number one. 6'3265 hey. years pro. He and spider two are the number one contenders to the WWA tag team title. Two-time former W.W.A. champion has also wrestled in the USWA and elsewhere.
1: I'm fishing to go get a can of Raid for all these goddamn spiders.
0: Right?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where's Arachnaman?
3: I think he's probably
2: like one fifty, maybe in the twos. Where I think Brad Armstrong is going to be.
0: Number 336 is Billy Black, six foot, 237, five years pro, often competes in Japan, frequently having Joel Deaton as partner. Former G- Georgia TV champion, employs an aerial style considered somewhat underrated, popular with Asian fans. I brought him up a few weeks ago on the Reliving the Extreme. Well, I didn't bring him up. He was on the ECW show. But what I brought up to Aaron and Chad was I remember at the time this guy was like, he had promise like he was going to be, he was, he was, he was on global when they were starting out and having their tournaments for their initial championships. He had a big run in Japan. They brought him into ECW for a second. And then he just kind of fizzled. I don't know if the guy ever said, fuck the business or what, but
2: he was in Smoky mountain for a little bit too. And it's funny. Cause it's like you look at him and beaten and you're like, when you if you look just as at, a picture, or that guy is standing in a ring, and you don't see him work yet, you're thinking, uh, you know this guy's gonna be like a like a like a pound of ground type of guy, you know, not doing anything type of worker, you know, but then when the bell hits, like they were like flying all over the goddamn <laughs> place, like, so Jesus, they, like, Christ. Jesus Christ this <laughs> Christ little fucking these little shit kickers can go. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I think if, if I remember right, Cornette talked about those guys. that just wouldn't, if they weren't in Japan, they just, they were like homesteaders. They just wanted to stay where they were at. Mm-hmm. Well, that's too bad probably, cause I liked
0: the guy. I liked him. I liked Bobby. I
2: really. did too. And I think, I think he was probably honestly a guy that realized like, I look like what I look like and I'm never gonna like, you know, make it into the, there comes a point where I think some wrestlers sometime realized I'm not going to make it any further than what I am. So I got to make money for my family. So Mm -hmm. I got to work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he probably had kids and was like, I can't just keep driving all over the United States to make no money.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I gotta get a real job and I think that's probably what it was
0: well I know usually we, I say we're gonna go 90 minutes and then we stop but we're about to hit 335 and the end of this page of the magazine for those of you that don't know what a magazine is in 2024 um, <laughs> the end of this page is, is number 330 would you two be alright for another 10 minutes to just get up to 330 to make it a nice round number fantastic right. okay we won't take too much time there's a couple of fun names here though one is a fun name i don't know who he is but it's a fun name and then the other one's a fun name that we can make fun of but anyway 335 is jackie fulton 511 225 six years pro bobby's younger brother is now his tag team team his tag teammate slightly taller heavier and stronger than bobby but doesn't have his ring savvy Frequently competes in Southern Independence. Jackie Fulton and Bobby I, Fulton teaming up as the I didn't Fantastics.
2: I, I didn't mind Jackie. He was nowhere near a replacement for Tony no.
0: Rogers, obviously. No. But, no,
2: but, but nothing, he, wrong with, nothing wrong with Jackie.
0: Um, anything on Jackie Fulton there, Mark?
1: Um. Uh, I recently discovered him whenever they let out the last uh, product of Leaf, the Heroes of Wrestling. He was actually okay. one of the autographs that was live. Okay. They had they had him and his brother. So, I mean, other than that, I really didn't hear that much about him. I, I mean, I know who Bobby was, but I didn't know about Jackie.
0: Yeah, there was a period of time where um... – where the Fantastics weren't wrestling in the same area, uh, continental, I think, at one point, and then I don't know. Anyway, um, maybe uh, actually Smoky Mountain, right, Aaron?
2: What was it? Sorry,
0: didn't wasn't Jackie with uh, with his brother in Smoky Mountain as the Fantastics?
2: Yeah, they feuded with um, um, uh, Robert Parker and uh, or Robert Fuller. Mm-hmm. And and Jimmy Golden, and then they also were in the infamous um high school brawl with uh uh the blondes. Yes. Or yes uh heavenly bodies. Sorry, I don't know why I said blondes, but the heavenly bodies were like they busted out the window of the car and all that. And then they did a cool thing where they find because Tommy was working in Japan. So like mm-hmm. that's where he was at. And then they, they did a cool thing where they got um they actually got Tommy to come back, so it was like all the fantastic, like the Fantastic Triple Team. You know, like mm-hmm. it was Bobby, Jackie, and Tommy. It was good shit. But yeah, like 330- I said, I, I obviously Jackie and Bobby weren't as good as Bobby and Tommy, but it was all right. Three
0: thirty four is a guy I never heard
2: of, so we'll
0: move past him. But it's Danny Vogus. 6'5", 265, 16 years pro, tag team partner of Countryman Danny Brits, trained by the famed Jan Wilkins, has wrestled around the world, including Puerto Rico's WWC, noted for his toughness. I don't know who he is, so we'll just move on. I
2: don't know any of those people. And if your name <laughs> it, it like, sounds, it, it, tra- it almost sounds...
0: it's, It has to be a European thing.
2: Bogus sounds bogus to me. <laughs>
0: Number 333, Ken Patero, 6'1", 256, 21 years pro. Former U.S. Olympic weightlifter held the WWF Intercontinental title for seven and a half months in 1980, was part of two AWA Tag Team Champions in the twilight of his distinguished career.
2: Goddamn funny motherfucker,
3: man. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, Ken Patero's like, yes, motherfucker. This motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Ken Patera, don't give a
2: fuck. (laughs) No, it's kind of like what I said about Oli, where it's like you can't be an asshole and not be funny. You know what I mean? (laughs)
3: Yeah.
2: But you can be an asshole and be funny. It's kind of like Ken's like that. It's like, I'm cool with you being a prick because it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) He's so fucking funny.
0: And by 94, obviously, he's... kind of a you know whatever he's probably just wrestling independence or whatever here and there oh yeah he's
2: doing he's doing that shit like this would have been the same time of that DVD it's like technically the most like the highest selling DVD of all time because it was at every fucking gas station it was only like two bucks Yeah, you know the one where it was like it was like Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik and yeah you know what I'm talking about but oh, yeah. yeah, Slam Masters of Wrestling or whatever it was called. Yeah, that's 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 this group. That's what they're doing. Yeah, I, there's. I just love listening to that guy fucking talk, man. Number three
0: thirty-two.
2: You want to hear? I'm just saying. You want to hear some funny, off the wall, like quasi racist shit? Listen to fucking Kimber. <laughs> 3.32 is Dan
0: Severn, 6'2, 265, 2 years pro, world-class amateur wrestler, finally making successful transition to the professional game. Michigan Native has a Pan Am Games sold, Uh sorry. Michigan Native has a had a Pan Am Games gold medal. Respected in Japan, Midwest, and Midwest independence. Dan Severn, actually, I uh let me see. It was, I think either yesterday or the day before it was. It was literally 30 years ago when he beat Chris Candido for the NWA championship.
2: And. um, He's a guy that like, when I look at him, it's like, I'm kind of afraid of you. (laughs) Like, I'm, I'm afraid of you. Like, even when we saw him at that convention and he was. As old as he was, or whatever, and he seemed like he was having a ball. And he was like yeah. one of those guys that goes around and works the room and talks to everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Just looking at him, I'm like, "You're fucking terrifying." Yeah, that, and guy I my, that
0: guy can take my that guy take the I arm know. out of the, my arm out of the socket just by looking at me.
2: Yeah, and and when you hear him talk, he's just like, "Hey, y'all, how you doing?" You know, <laughs> like, "Oh, jeez, it's a good time." You know, he's like, one of those like that.
0: He's one of those guys that proves the theory that usually the baddest ass motherfucker in the room is not the loudest ass motherfucker in the room. (laughs)
2: Because I don't have to be. Because everybody knows I could kill every single person. Yeah. I mean, I'm only going to be, I'm only going to show you if you make me.
0: And that's, you know, to be honest with you,
2: kind of like Haku, um, you know? Yeah. Haku's not going to do it unless he's got you.
0: And I was just gonna say, as far as as far as box office, pro wrestling success goes, Dan Severn came around at the wrong time.
2: Yeah, oh, in the eighties, he would have been huge.
0: Yes, because in 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 when he came around in the nineties, and we're just on the threshold of like the Monday Night Wars and the Attitude Era, and the promotions trying to top each other every week and everything, still. Fantastic wrestler, obviously, ground and pound, amazing athlete. He just didn't have that charisma to keep up in that environment.
2: You know, and if you would have right. brought if, if you would have brought out the Jim Cornette, Dan Severn act in like 87 in like the N.W.A. Yeah. I would Imagine
0: Dan Severn and Dr. Death.
2: Yeah. that's what I'm saying it would have been huge. He just wrong or, place, wrong feel, time, and he had I the wrong like, guy. He had the wrong.
1: Oh, sorry, Mark. I feel like if they would have just had him and Shamrock come in and just wrecking motherfuckers together, that that would have been a really good tag team.
2: I agree. He also had the wrong main creative guy booking for him too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Russo's not good at but Russo's not good at booking like booking a legitimate athlete. <laughs>
2: Yeah, like he said that he wanted him to do like um like he wanted him to get the like six 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 or whatever, like have like a like a tattoo on his like not a real one obviously. Right. But like a gimmick tattoo on his head, like on his forehead is like the mark of the beast. <clears throat> Dan Severn was like, get the fuck out of here. Like <laughs> I'm doing that. Yeah, I'll knock you the fuck
1: out,
3: buddy.
2: Yeah, it's kinda like Kind of like when they wanted Ken Shamrock to sleep, they come out and say that he's fucking his sister. Ken Shamrock was like, "Fuck you!" I didn't <laughs> know that, yeah. It's like you got yeah. two of the baddest ass son bitches on the on the planet, and you want to mark of the beast, and we're gonna have you bang your sister. And they were both like, "Fuck you." <laughs> Three
0: thirty one. This was the name. I was like, I got to read this name. Number 331 is Boy Gone Bad. Ew. Six, six, one, 267. looking Keep to away rega-
3: from
2: nasty ned.
0: <laughs> looking to regain the <laughs> WWE strap from friendly Frank Finnegan. He's managed Ew. by he's managed by Tricky Nicky. Ew. <laughs> he's a five-time WWE champion. <laughs>
2: Oh, Friend, yeah. Friendly friendly. Phil made the boy go bad
0: Friendly Frank And Tricky <laughs> Nicky Made the boy go bad
1: Tricky, Tricky <laughs> Nicky turned him out
2: <laughs> Gross All you need to do is add That fucking Bike guy from Goddamn Different Strokes <laughs> Gordon Jumps character <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, a few mo- a few Moose Montanas and we got a bad situation here. <laughs> and this will be the last one we do this week. Number 330 is everybody knows this guy, the Metal Maniac 6'2", 268 three years pro, has wrestled all over the world including Japan, Singapore and the U.S. Independence, Famed for his bear hug and flying elbow smash. Wears war paint to psych out opponents. And I'm going to add my own thing here. Gets bookings because he carries Jimmy Snuka's bags.
2: Throw yeah, him around. <laughs> fucking, they said he stood in line to get fucking Jimmy Snuka's autograph. Like, at a show that he worked on. Everybody's like, really? <laughs> that's, like how I, that's how he met him. He's like, oh, I want to get Jimmy Snuka's autograph. And he, like, went and stood in line. What the fuck are you doing? And he was no so good. Like just no good.
0: And he that DVD that
2: you mentioned, he's
0: on it wrestling Jimmy Snuka.
2: Oh, I know he is. I know he is because he drove Jimmy Snuka there. Because <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Snuka couldn't drive because he couldn't read. Like he couldn't. He didn't know the sign. Like couldn't read the signs and shit. And like, where to turn and what to do. It sucked. This is no maniac. Sucked.
1: Jimmy Snuka understand different uh type of words of code. If it wasn't a box of cocaine, he couldn't read it.
2: <laughs> like brother, I
0: to- brother, I only know
1: kilos, brother.
2: <laughs> like there's a there's an episode of a like a Superstars or whatever where Jimmy Snuka, like, honky Talk Man's cutting a promo on the stage or whatever, and Jimmy Snuka comes out and interrupts it and. He's yelling at him, and Bobby's mad about it, and he's yelling at Honky Tonk Man. And Bobby's on commentary, and he interrupts the Honky Tonk Man, and Bobby hitting goes, "Ugh, illiterate tree monkey," <laughs> and I, I laughed at it I was like, "Oh, that's funny." Bobby's working or whatever, but then when I when now when I found out Jimmy Snuka actually couldn't read, I'm like, "Man, that joke hits even harder." Bobby's <laughs> well, well, talking some a little bit of truth. <laughs> but yeah, fucking Metal Maniac. He just got it because he drove he drove snook around. And I don't ever remember Metal Maniac doing anything that I ever thought was good.
0: No.
1: No, he didn't. I'm not gonna argue yeah. with you there.
2: <laughs> he's gonna and be on a you...
1: uh, Hall of Shame induction list.
2: Maybe. And if you don't know about him, or if you want to, if you don't know anything about the Metal Maniac, just out there, just like take the Italian stallion, put some face paint on him, and remove any shred of talent. <laughs> that's the Metal Maniac. Well,
0: that's where we're going to wrap up for this week. Um, before we leave, you all, as we. We'll cool. pick up next week with number 329 in the 1994 PWI 500. Mark, why don't you tell everybody about your venture that you are currently on,
1: business-wise? So, um, I do card breaks on whatnot under the channel All Sports Breaks. And here lately, I have been designing custom trading cards for independent talent. Currently, uh, design some for Hollywood Heavy J and stuff like that. So, any of your graphic needs or any of your card needs, I can facilitate.
0: And just let people know how they can get a hold of you for that.
1: Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Mark Brew. You can find me on Instagram at Mister Underscore Ice Underscore Cold Underscore Brew, and. Or you can hit me up on whatnot on all sports rates, and it's all one word. All right, it's exciting stuff, brother. Yeah,
2: Appreciate and I it. haven't done anything of significance since nineteen or two thousand nineteen, probably. Don't be, don't be a metal maniac. I'm just a <laughs> fucking loser. <laughs> you can find me at the bus stop. <laughs> you're you're a
1: superstar here, though.
3: Damn it! What
2: what is our wrestling?
1: What is our wrestling organization called? It's got to sound something better than what we heard earlier, mate.
0: Yes, it is the no, WNR, the WNR Podcast Network. And anybody that's li- listening to this show probably already knows that and knows where we are. But if you don't, if you're just listening to the show, if you found us on on Apple or what have you. Um, you can check out the WNR Podcast Network on Facebook. We have a page where I just—I really just post the episodes of the shows for consumption, and then we also have a Facebook group that you can join. It is a private group, but if you uh, if you ask to join, and I can obviously see that you are not a bot, I will accept you into the group. Um, and again, it's just the WNR Podcast Network on Facebook. Uh, Right now I'm doing a tournament. We have all, we do all kinds of shit on there. We just, we post conversations. I'm doing a a tournament right now, you know, where you can pick who's going to win certain matches in this tournament that I'm going through. And, and all the guys involved post our thoughts on pay-per-views or whatever we're watching at the time. You know, if I'm sitting here at midnight, just watching old wrestling, I might see something funny and just post it up on the group for people to kind of have a conversation. So, uh, you can join us on the socials that way. To be honest with you, I'm 45. My social media kind of extends to Facebook. I have a Twitter, but I don't. I don't ever tweet or X or whatever. I just read tweets. I don't ever. I've, I don't know that I've ever tweeted. I have a Twitter, but I don't I've know, how to, I don't I know,
1: know how, how to tweet. I know how to tweet.
0: I just don't. Plus, Twitter is like the most toxic fucking place in the planet. You think Facebook is bad? Twitter is where the real, the, god damn. It's so. No, Aaron,
1: Aaron would thrive
0: there. Yeah, actually, you know what? You're right. Yes. <laughs>
1: I don't know how to do it.
0: It's literally no different. It's literally no different than posting on Facebook.
1: Yes. Well, if you could learn to tweet your Twitter, Aaron, we might have another source of revenue for
2: you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to like, find somebody to tweet for me. Like I say it and you just type it. That's what I mean.
0: <laughs> anyway, we're gonna sign off. I wanna thank everybody for joining us this week and we'll be back again next
2: week and I think I want that person will... I want that person to be a midget. I would like to pay a midget to tweet for me. <laughs> wow, because if it's not
1: successful, you, you can blame it on their shortcoming.
3: Yeah,
0: it has oh, to be I, but plus plus your posts on on twitter have to be a certain uh, under a certain amount of characters so that would work for a midget
2: <laughs> and his name will be francisco francisco,
0: francisco. le
2: midget <laughs> yeah francisco the midget is going to tweet for me <laughs> go ahead sorry
0: i'm just i was just saying we'll be back next week with more of the pwi 500 from 1994 and I'm pretty sure Archie will be back next week. We hope Archie's having fun tonight at his extravagant gala that he went to. So Archie, have fun. Everybody out there listening, have fun with your week. And we will see you next time around for more of the PWI five hundred here on the Weekend Wrestle Podcast. Have a great weekend.
2: Congratulations
1: to It was an old country book.